We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sean, so let's get it kicked off, man. We have a whole lot of questions here, and uh, we had some super chats during the show. So if you all had questions, you can keep kind of putting them in there, but we're going to start rolling through some of these super chats. Uh, Matt's 2011 GT gave us a super chat. Thank you so much, Matt. He just threw a squirrel in there. Sean, I don't know if you listened to our show on Friday, but I said that my name used to be Squirrel Roberts. Um, It was a joke, but people are running with it. So you want to give me five bucks for top for saying my name is Squirrel? That's fine with me, man. That's fine with me. So appreciate you, Matt. By the way, great, great post last week you did. Your Photoshop is amazing, bro. Oh, wasn't it good? Wasn't it good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't seem to like it that much, but I'm like, that's gold, man. What do you mean? All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm glad that you're such a good sport with it, though, Sean. I really yeah, absolutely. We had another super chat from Corey D who said, does Jason Abalola have another year of eligibility remaining? So to my knowledge, Sean, and I just want to make sure I, I have this correct. So he is a – this is his fifth year, right? Mm-hmm. Is this his fifth year? Yeah, so he does not. Justin has an extra year of eligibility if he wants yeah. to, right? Because Jason did not redshirt as a true freshman. He right. gets the 2020 year because of the COVID year of eligibility. So Jason is done of eligibility after this year. Justin Adam Alola, who did redshirt as a true freshman, would have this the fifth year of six, right? So he'll have his sixth year of eligibility if he chooses so. But, Corey, no, Jason does not have another year of eligibility. But great question there, sir. Great question. Sean, let's go to this one. James Bucker, thank you for the super chat, James. So I come from Arkansas every two years to a game because that's all I can afford. And I, if um, I said, do I go to Clemson or Stanford? I came to the Stanford game. Oh, James. <laughs> James, if it makes you feel any better, I went to the Marshall game. So there uh, could be worse things in the world, though. But, yeah, next year we'll get you right, James. Come back for another game. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> But I'm sorry to hear that, sir. I'm sorry. But at least you got to see a big victory on Saturday. Not in person, but still. Gives you the feels, man. Gives you the feels. 
Let's go to this one. Sean, again, thank you so much for these super chats, folks. Michael Miller said, I really like CJ, possibility he reclassifies. Sean, we, we've talked about this a ton, so I guess I'll kick it over to you to start this conversation. Possibility CJ reclassifies to 2023. I still think it's 2024 is ultimately the decision. And we're running out of time here. Running out of time. And he confirmed it this weekend to multiple okay. sources at Notre Dame. He confirmed that he he won't be reclassifying. He'll be staying with this class in 2024. So that conversation can kind of fade away. Yep. And, and we're uh, we're going to talk about 2023 quarterback targets here during this mailbag as well. So Notre Dame is also treating it as that conversation is out the door to uh, to Sean's point. So, yes, yes. The uh, CJ Carr reclassification stuff should be done at this point. It's not going to happen unless something drastically changes. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop said, so would Notre Dame take 29 if Notre Dame uh, – if Keon – comes to Notre Dame last minute. That's a great question, Charlie. From my conversations, I don't think it would straight past 28. So if Keon did ultimately want to come to Notre Dame and he had to change a heart at the end, I would say that they would probably just take one of the two athletes we talked about in the class between Khalil Barnes and Brandon Hillman. So I think that, that they would still stick to 28, Sean. I don't know. 29 is a big number, man. I don't know if they can stress it that far, man. That's a big number. Look <laughs> – I don't. They wouldn't do this. I know they wouldn't do this. But if they were at twenty-eight, and somehow the afternoon of signing day, they got a phone call into the office, and coach, I want to come back. They might do some research, reshuffling. They might be asking somebody, would they like to be a preferred walk-on? <laughs> like, hey, can you and let's shuffle some things around because that's a kid you want, like. It, it you, is. Don't, you don't say no to Keon Keeley if he wants to come to your school. You, you do just, not. You do not. I agree completely. I agree completely with that, Sean. And, uh, Sean, I actually wanted to start this mailbag off with a conversation. I completely forgot. So, please, yeah. out there, excuse me. I want to lead off with this because there was somebody in the chat earlier that put in a report from a certain website about Jaden Greathouse, Sean. So, apparently, on a message board, I'm not going to throw the person under the bus because, like, we, we know who it is. It was looked about in the chat. And Brian, as we speak, I believe, has put something on the board message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com, or he's going to. Ooh. So, the what basically paraphrasing what someone said about Jaden was Jaden's going to Texas this weekend on a visit. This was something that Notre Dame knew about. It was planned for a long time. Sure, sure, sure. But then the other part of the conversation is that Notre Dame is starting to feel nervous about Jaden Greathouse. Okay. So that's the report that's going out there. Mm-hmm. The good thing is that we had a pre recorded interview with Drake Bowen is that behind the scenes, I got to get on the horn with Brian and we talked to a couple people. We are told that there is no inkling from anyone around the Notre Dame side of things that is nervous about Jaden Greathouse. This was something that was in the plans. They have had constant communication with Jaden Greathouse. He has given them no reason to start to be nervous. So from our sources to your ears out there, you should not be worried about Jaden Greathouse right now. You just shouldn't. Okay? So. (laughs) We're going to have fun on signing day, boy. This is going to and I know Brandon just put something he said, the post said, the quote was somewhat worried. Brandon, and thank you for correcting me. So the quote was somewhat worried. 
we are told that they are not worried at all about Jane Greathouse. So no worry, even in the slightest. So just wanted to put that out there for the, uh, for the folks. So great questions. Keep us moving forward here, but just wanted to debunk a little bit of some bad information that's put out there. Christopher Morgan with the super chat. I was in the stadium for the game. Bought a bench cushion and only sat on it for seven minutes during halftime eating a pretzel on my feet the whole game. Nice. Go Irish. Sean, I've heard this from every commit. Nobody was sitting the whole game, man. Like it's everyone good. was just up. That's great to hear. That's great to hear, man, because we were getting reports about the wave of orange that was walking around town, coming to campus, walking into the stadium. You start to worry about the atmosphere and what it would be like. And even through the TV, it was like, yo, stadium is rocking. Yep. And like you said, you could see everyone was on their feet. It was an absolutely fantastic atmosphere, man. Shout out to everyone that was there. Everyone that was part of that atmosphere. Salute to you. You did an yep. amazing job in making the experience for the team and the recruits what it needed to be. Yep. It was, uh, it's magical, man. I wish I could have felt it again. I had my guy, uh, in, in the chat. Uh, I don't know if I should put this out in the universe, but, uh, but my guy, Dan out there offered some tickets to Clemson for me, Sean, but I wasn't able to go just yeah. Josiette was sick kind of going into the weekend and it was just very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. What, what so. was your, what was your biggest reaction moment sitting at home? As far as the most excitement that I got in the thing, or was yeah, it like, yeah. yeah. So, hmm, I don't know if there was a biggest moment, man. Like again, like you could feel the electricity through the TV set, which yeah. was bizarre, man. Like that yeah. doesn't happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it would just be how the game got kicked off with the. Uh, I mean, not the first drive, but like when the field goal got blocked, I was just like kind of in awe for a second, Sean. I'm like, the sixth block punt of the season. That is. Yeah. bananas yeah. man it's absolutely bananas so yeah it was uh wild brother just wild i mean i was i felt because look this is what happened i got offered these tickets i'm starting to talk to caitlin about it you know i'm like yeah. cool she's like she's very open to it you know i was she's like yeah no, it sounds like a good idea like you know sort of trying to get the wheels turning yeah. like cool 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 we can make this work you know make this work and then it was like Friday morning. Juliet woke up with a fever. She oh. wasn't feeling well. I'm just like, Caitlin oh, wow. still said, like, you can go, but I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to leave my sick two year old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to do that. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was very, very unfortunate. And uh, I would say the second closest part of the game, though, Sean, was the pick six by Benny, man, was like, Oh, 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 we got something going here, man. That was, we got something going here. That was it for me. I was still yeah. nervous at 14 zip. I was too. I, I was still too. especially after the pass anxiety. interference call yeah. that drive. Yeah. It's like, oh. I still had anxiety. Yes. And then the pick six. Yo, I was, there was no one here, and I was talking trash like I was talking to a Clemson fan. Mm-hmm. This trash team out of here, dude. I was just, I was lit in my in my house by myself. I was just talking to the TV, like, man, get this trash team out of here. Talking about the <laughs> dudes bum. That's you. Know, I was just, 
I was letting it go, man. Sure, I can see I can see you talking to a TV, man. I can see you talking to a TV. I was like, man, these dudes are trash. They're bum. Get them out of here. I was like, that freshman, get him out of here too. He's trash. I was, I was letting it ride, man. I was letting man, it ride. It was, brother, it was bonkers, man. But I can really see you like just talking to a TV, which is pretty hysterical. Yeah, you, yeah. It me to that moment. Like it's always that one moment. It can go either way. It can be a moment that makes me mad, a moment that gets me excited. But it's either way is that one moment. Because I'm pretty I'm pretty stoic watching the game. I really don't yeah. react to things. I sit there, I watch, and I'm like, okay, okay. You know, it's always you, one moment that gets me, though. You know what happened to me, Sean? After that, right, they have to go back on defense. Yeah. And I literally said to my – like said out loud, I was like, put your, th- put your foot on their throat. Go for the kill. Yeah. And my wife looked at me, and she's like, are you talking to me? And I'm like, no, babe. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> She's like, she's like, oh, so you're just talking to yourself? Oh. Like, yep, oh, I, was, I was talking to myself. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it was one of the Aldrick runs. Yeah, one of the Aldrick runs got me up too. I was like, Dude, yeah, run them over. Just now, I was so and by the time it got to about seven, eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Oh man, uh, we need another game like that, man. Hopefully, there's many more to come in the Marcus Freeman era. I, Think there is, really do think there is, but we'll uh, we'll keep moving. Can I can I say this, Sean? I, I don't want to bring up the super chat because everyone's keep talking about it a ton, and uh, I just want to put it out in the universe. Anthony Hill, yes, we get it. Anthony Hill, star linebacker, twenty twenty three class, decommitted from Texas A and M. Yes, we know. Uh, someone asked if Notre Dame is going to be in the conversation for that. The answer is no, 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 no. I think he's going to be hard to get out of the state of Texas. So we'll just leave it at that. And uh, keep us moving, man. We had another couple of Super Chats here I want to get to before we have a bunch more questions. Christopher Morgan said, I was on the field during post-game press with Marcus Freeman. Watched when I got home. When was the last time during post-game when you hear fans in background live? Sean, I I retweeted the video because I was like, that's my coach, man. Like, he was just ear-to-ear smiles. You heard the background noise. Fans cheer and he gets up there and it's just like quick change business mode back to it, man. I'm just like, I can't remember it. I can't remember that, that type of cheering going into a press conference, man. It was different. It was really different. You can hear them saying, oh, 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 why he's giving a press conference. It's like, so it's almost like they just let them stay there for the ambiance of the entire press conference. Like you would think they would be trying to usher them out to the stadium. Mm-hmm. Right now. No, keep them there. Like, let's enjoy. Keep this whole vibe going all yep. night long. It was fantastic. Absolutely it was dope, man. Fantastic. It was so dope. I just, like, my dad My dad was, like, texting me after the game because he's a big Notre Dame fan, lifelong yep. fan, and just, like, what? He's like, he's like, when are you guys doing your, your post-game show? I want to listen. want to listen. Like, Chill out, man. I don't know exactly when it's going to start yet. <laughs> So funny. It's awesome, though. Another another super chat from Christopher Morgan. Christopher, thank you so much for the super chats, man. I appreciate you. He said, my voice is still a dumpster fire from Saturday, screaming like a maniac. Great win. Great day. Great fans. Next year, don't let us get a pass rush, uh, pass offense plus quarterback. Real talk. Talked about this, Sean. If Notre Dame is a lot closer than people think, man, they're going to look at the six and three. 
They're going to mm-hmm. look at a loss of Marshall and Stanford, and they're going to be like, you know, just like a, this game's just an outlier, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah. If you look at the last two weeks, what they have been doing and the identity that they are absorbing, man, I truly believe this, and I do, and I could be wrong, but this is what I believe. If Notre Dame figures out the quarterback position this offseason, they figure it out, and their passing offense takes a massive step forward. Not a little step, but they need a massive step. I mean, I'll be honest, right? They have shown that on a weekly basis the last two weeks that you can beat good football teams to very good football teams without much of a passing offense. If they figure that part of the game out this offseason, Sean, I think that they can compete at the highest level. I do, man. I really do. It doesn't have to be an historic pass offense, but it has to be good enough where you become a more balanced football team. And that's just kind of the step that needs to be taken here, in my opinion. The team they bring back next year, in my opinion, is going to be scary. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't, let's just say it's another quarterback competition, right? still think this team still has the potential to be scary yep. and can beat every team on their schedule. Mm-hmm. But they go to an entirely different level if they saw that quarterback situation. They really yep. do. It's like, you're right. They're closer than most people think. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I really think so, man. Because, Sean, I I know the game is different than it once was, right? Like there's an evolution that happens on every level of football. But the cores of how to win in a football game, win in the trenches, Mm -hmm. we saw that, right? Offensive line was dominant. Defensive line was dominant in this football game. Ability to run the football. Those are the stables of winning games, right? Coaching has been much better over the last couple weeks and consistently moving forward. I believe in Marcus Freeman. So if the coaching staff is there, if you have the ability to win in the trenches, in the hard part of the field, if you now figure out how to now take advantage of space, that's the next step, right? If you can take advantage of space, that's a winning formula, man. They have the baseline for a winning formula. Is it there yet? No, it's not. But my point is, is that it's a lot closer to getting there than I think some people kind of appreciate. Like, I think it's getting close, man. It's getting there. I think it is. And the solution to that, like you said, like I see someone saying it's either that or wait till Carr arrives. Like, you're not expecting Carr to just come in and start. Mm-hmm. That's not that was that's not ideal. Like for Carr to play and start for you in 25. 
okay. But the depth and the team that you're going to have at the skill position, yep. you will want to have somebody that has played, you know, even if you get – and just throwing this out there, not saying this will happen. Even if you get a Tyler Buckner to stick around, mm-hmm. somebody comes in and starts next year and Tyler ends up being more experienced and a more developed, polished quarterback in 24. Now, you know, that was just an example. I'm not hinting at anything. It's nothing that I know. Just use that as an example. That would be perfect, you know. But, you know, I don't think you want him starting as soon as he sets foot on campus. No. And it's going to be interesting. I know people have been talking about the transfer portal, and I think we have a question about the transfer portal versus 2023 quarterback. I think the answer is yes to both, right? Like you need both in there because, Sean, for me, options give you a larger larger opportunity for a bigger – like it gives you more margin for error, right? If you have four talented players – you have a better opportunity to maybe get one great player, right? If you only have two, you get yourself less of a margin for hitting on a very important position like quarterback. So I think the answer is yes. And I don't know who that transfer quarterback is going to be. I've heard a couple of names floated out there, but they're players that aren't even in the portal right now. And there's no guarantee that they will be in the portal. So we'll keep talking about that conversation, but let's uh, move on to some more questions. Seth Green said with Texas A&M's disastrous season, if there's a mass exodus of transfers, from that program, was there anyone from last year's class that Notre Dame was high on that they'd go after? So, Sean, I know Anthony Hill was a guy that we were just talk- asked about for the 2023 class, right? Like that's a, that's a kid that Notre Dame offered. They like, sure, but I don't think they have a chance to get into that. I mean, look, for 2023, Sean, and I know this is probably referring to also like 2022. So like some people will talk about like Anthony Lucas. I, again, I don't I don't know what the chances are that that, right? I'm just sticking to 2023 here for a second. I don't think there's anybody that realistically makes sense with where you are. Like you're at 23 commits right now. You have the last few guys left on the board or is there a player that may be too good to turn away? It's possible, but I mean cuz I mean off the top of my head, Sean, like you so they author Anthony Hill in the class, the um, the lineman that's out of Don Bosco Prep here in Jersey. That's names escaping me. Yeah, Chase Basantis. He was a kid that Notre Dame targeted early, but the fit yeah. didn't really make sense. Yeah. So I mean, my short, an- my long answer to get to a short answer is not really, Sean. I mean, it's always possible, but especially for twenty twenty three, like I don't see that reality. Yeah, I agree with your assessment. I totally agree with your assessment on that. All right. Well, let's get to a few more questions. Let's go uh, from Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker. Let's go mm-hmm. IB Nation. Ryan, tell me we are flipping a 2023 quarterback, and why is Dante Moore thinking about <laughs> Michigan State? Sean, you want, you want to start with the second half of that, man? That's obviously been a big topic of conversation, right? Well, Dante I think, Moore. I yeah. think it goes back to whether or not – it's really not about Dante Moore. It's really about Coach Lanning, right? And I think Coach Lanning, when he took the Oregon job, and this is just speculation, you know, but, you know, just really thinking about it, when he took the Oregon job, he had no clue what was about to happen in the Pac-12. He had no clue that USC and UCLA were about to defect to the Big Ten. So now from him, for him, 
moving forward competitively, like, is it really beneficial for him to be at Oregon? Would he really be able to compete? Um, yeah, he could probably dominate a lesser conference, but how hard would it be for an Oregon squad to get into the college football playoff? Expansion is coming, but that's like another two seasons away, if I'm not mistaken. So could there be some reality in him wanting to get back to the SEC, rumored to be going to the Auburn uh, job? Could be. I don't know why he would want to go to Auburn at this point, unless they just really write him an amazing check. I, I think I think Dan is a southeastern guy too, right? So like that could go in the conversation, I guess. He is yeah. at heart. And if he talks to the guys closest to him, Kirby, Will Muschamp, they're probably going to tell him to go to Auburn. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest. That's the first thing. And maybe Dante is hearing that. And maybe Dante just got to the point where, look, Oregon was a choice because of the situation that happened with Notre Dame. I made the choice. I'm not feeling the choice anymore. I don't want to go away from home. Michigan State is a fallback. Mm -hmm. You know? He could go to Michigan, but then he would have to sit behind J.J. McCarthy. It, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's actually realistically what's going on, you know, until I see him show up to a game. And then Michigan State isn't exactly <laughs> in a position. Lighting, lighting, lighting the world on fire. <laughs> right. Right. To whereas you'll be like, okay, I get it. I see why he wants to go to Michigan State this year. No. So it's it's all confusing. Uh, maybe and until this particular writer that crystal balled him to flip comes out with uh, credible information to kind of back up, back that up, and led him to do that. Yeah, you know. But yeah, the damn the damn landing thing to me is the the more interesting aspect. Yeah, of the entire story. Because Oregon's got a couple really nice recruits, obviously, in 2023. Like, think of Jurion Dickey. You think about Dante Moore. Mm-hmm. What happens to that class if Dan Lanning does leave? Like, it's interesting, Sean. And Dan Lanning's got things in Oregon going pretty well right now. You know, like, they only have one loss in the season. It's to the best team in the country right now in Georgia. I don't Probably know. Second. Prop t- a top three offensive line, in my opinion. But, I mean, those – those are, not, those are not his guys on the offensive line. Those are Mario's guys. He's even uh he's even making Bo Nix, uh Brian's boy, look pre- presentable, which is funny. Right. So uh, so if he <laughs> if he does leave, does Bo Nix go back with him? I, oh, wouldn't that be funny if Bo Nix returns to the Auburn? That'd be fantastic. That would be awesome. Oh, I doubt I doubt it, but you never know. I guess never know. Wait, another super chat, Sean. Oh, sorry. First part of the question, Josh, from Josh. Josh, I do believe that Notre Dame is going to flip the 2023 quarterback. I still think there's going to be a 2023 quarterback in the class. I also didn't think that they're going to get a transfer portal quarterback this offseason. So I think there will be options on the table, right? Like, I, I do. I do. We've talked we've talked about it on the board. You know, we talked about Eden Childs, this is a guy that Notre Dame is looking at extensively from Oregon State. Then they're going to continue to kind of kick the tires with 
Avery Johnson, Kansas State tra- uh, Kansas State commit, but I don't think that one's super realistic. But I do think there's a couple quarterbacks that are kind of being thrown out there right now that Notre Dame is going to get into here moving forward. So borsonirishbreakdown.com, though, if you want that more in-depth information. But Aiden Childs is a guy to keep an eye out for sure. Mm-hmm. Super Chats from Sean Kelly. Thank you for the Super Chat, Sean. Was on the field for the post-game interview with Marcus Freeman. Got a great video and handshake from the man himself. P.S. My voice has also been gone ever since fr- Saturday. Go Irish. Sean, I think it might be good that maybe we didn't go to the game on Saturday, man. We wouldn't be able to do podcasts right now. <laughs> you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. You know, but I would have loved to try. <laughs> I would have loved to try. Like, you know what? Yep. Yeah, we probably would have been sitting here with some nice tea, peppermint, trying to give you guys the best we can. But we enjoyed that game. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity, Ryan. Like you can't pass those up. You deal. You deal with the consequences of that. Yeah, I, I call in the Brian this morning. Like, hey man, I, I don't think I can come into work today. <laughs> uh, Here's my man, Dan Mulligan, DM, Notre Dame 13. He said, any update on Justin Scott, Wesley Woodyard, or Wesley Woodyard? Really good linebacker in the NFL, but that's Peyton Woodyard. Yeah, 2024 safety out of uh, St. John Bosco in California. Or Emmett Mosley, wide receiver out of California as well, who is the son, former Notre Dame player Emmett Mosley. Sean, let's start with Justin Scott, I guess. I know there was a chance he could make it to Notre Dame this past weekend. He ended up not making the trip, but any updates that you can provide on Justin Scott? Well, that's in the midst of a playoff run. I have no clue. Like The indication of speaking to him weeks before is that Notre Dame was going to be one of his game day trips, and it was probably going to be Clemson. He's been on a run. He's been down to Miami. He had been to Michigan, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two weeks ago. And, you know, Cam Williams is in constant contact with them. They're great friends. And even Cam was like, yeah, you know, I talked to him this week, but it wasn't about football. So um, until I'm able to reestablish contact and get a reason why things didn't go as, as, as he told us and planned for them to go, uh, we'll see. Uh, and talking to uh brian it's like man you know there's some uncertainty there you know with him as far as you know him not getting there so we'll see how it plays out you know look justice scott's gonna be a dog fight yep like you got georgia alabama like ohio state it's a dog fight michigan so if you want them you gotta go get them you have to go get them right yep so that's it. He's in your backyard. There's no way you shouldn't be close to the top of his list right now. And Emmett Mosley, I uh, talked to him a couple of weeks ago. His mm-hmm. uh, father played for Notre Dame. You know, he's a Chicago. His entire family is actually from Chicago. So he remains very interested in Notre Dame. And he bears watching as well because everything that happened with the Pac 12 impacts him as well. You know, because his top schools were Notre Dame, USC, UCLA. And with USC and UCLA coming to the Midwest, that makes them even more attractive for him, being a Chicago kid, mm-hmm. you know, with his family being in the Chicago area. So 
You know, if he chooses one of those teams, he's still close in a sense because he'll be playing half of his games, you know, nearby. So yeah. it's interesting. It's going to be a tight race for him as well. Yep. But yep. obviously Notre Dame with the connections they have to the program is obviously in a, a good spot here. I would mm-hmm. also say that for Peyton Woodyard, who is <clears throat> the cousin of Kyle Hamilton, the 2024 class, high four-star caliber player, Look, it's similar to what you just said about Mosley, right, Sean? He's got clear connections to the Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, staff, and obviously with his his cousin being a star player for Notre Dame, I believe it's kind of in a similar spot, Dan. Right now, you know, it's it's something where he really likes Notre Dame a lot, right? But there's also a lot of schools that are coming after Peyton Woodyard. Like there is, yeah. man, USC, Alabama, Georgia, like any any school that's worth anything is coming after Peyton Woodyard, right? But I do think that Notre Dame is near the top of his list. I think it's going to be a dogfight, but I think Notre Dame's in a good spot for where they are. I also think, though, for me, Peyton, from everything, from every time I've talked to him, I don't think he's a kid that's in a rush to make a decision, right? So it's not going to end for a while, and there's going to be a lot of, a lot of suitors for him. So it's kind of where we're looking at with those three at the moment. It's going to be dogfights, as Sean said. Brandon Plesner asked Sean, Ryan, is Barnes, Hillman, and Caleb Smith, that is Khalil Barnes, that is Brandon Hillman, that is Caleb Smith, all takes together in the class. We talked about this, Sean, during the first half. I just wanted to kind of reiterate it. Brandon, right now, Notre Dame is good with getting to 27 from everything we're hearing from sources. So I would so right now, two out of three is where you're looking at right now, right? I think they would like uh, Caleb Smith in the class, and I think they would like one of Barnes or Hillman, depending on how things shake out. But there is a reality where if the numbers make sense, they could get to 28, and those all could be takes for them right now. Yeah, all together. All three of them are technically takes. It just depends on how people come off the board. We'll just leave it at that for now. So great question, though, Brandon. Thank you for asking. We have David Lowe, Sean, that said – Mailbag, do you see the Irish landing any more four-star recruits in the 2023 class or all three stars from here on out? David, I, I, you know, we talk about the, the ranking system, right? Talk about it a little bit. I think there's an opportunity that Notre Dame could have to get a four-star quarterback that is rated as such. But all I'll say about the the ranking thing, right, is that there's a couple guys that Notre Dame is in on the Brandon Hillman's of the world, the Khalil Barnes of the world, the Caleb Smith of the world. I, in my personal opinion, a couple of those kids are better than just three star players, right? Like, the, the film, I think, speaks something a little bit different to me, but I do think that there's an opportunity from a recruiting ranking perspective that there could be another four star in this class. Yes. So just bang that one out real quick. Sean, let's go to this one. Let's go to – sorry, I'm just trying to work through. Uh, Brandon Plesser also asked, Ryan, what are your thoughts on 2025? <laughs> I'm going to ask 2025 kids now, man. Let's do it. Arizona quarterback Jamar Malone, who visited for the Clemson game, would be a top choice for Notre Dame for quarterback in the top 20, in the 2025 class. So, Brandon, right now – so Notre Dame has offers out to, um, to the uh, – what was Bryce Underwood? Excuse me. I don't know why his name escaped me. He's fantastic. Out of the state of Michigan in 2025. They also have an offer out to Ryan Montgomery in the 2025 class as well. They do not have an offer to Jamar yet, but I spoke to Jamar and I have a, a visit update that kind of going along with him. 
later. I do think that he is extremely talented. I actually just sent his film to Brian yesterday or the day before because I was like, dude, you got to check out this kid. He's talented, man. So does not have an offer from Notre Dame yet, but I do think he's a guy the staff is keeping close tabs on. I think they should continue because I do think that if – I mean, if he ends up being the quarterback in 2025, I'll be very happy. (laughs) He's a very talented kid, very talented kid. I don't know if you've seen him yet, Sean, but he's uh, he's pretty good, man. Pretty good. Check out his film, but I will be running to do that later today. You should, man. He's a extremely, extremely talented kid, man. I like him a whole lot. Very talented kid. Brandon, thank you again for the question. Let's go to Salty Virginia Peanuts. If I were Eli Bowen, even before the end of the fourth quarter, I would have had all the due diligence I needed. I'd be signing up before anyone else beat me to it. Well, Salty, it's your decision. It's not Eli's, all right? Let Eli make his decision. Just messing with him, obviously, but what's up, Salty? We're going to go now to – Sean, let's talk about this one. Floyd Genevese? Genevese? I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry, Floyd. Please give me a pronunciation guide in, in the chat if you could. Is there more behind the Tayshawn Lyons tweet? Did you see the Tayshawn Lyons tweet that someone put on the board, Sean? Yeah, he was talking about people are going to regret this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, not waiting on me or something like that, yeah. like paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah. So, Sean, like this is my – so this is what where we are with this conversation, right? This is where we are. <laughs> Look, we talked about Tayshawn Lyons – I love Tayshawn Lyons' film. He's out of Hayward, California. Like, he is a really talented wide receiver. Things were trending in a great, great way for Notre Dame. He wants to, you know, just kind of let the process play out a little bit longer, probably more of a December decision right around signing day. Notre Dame has kind of identified Caleb Smith as a guy that they also really like and a guy that they are pushing for, right? So – we could have a conversation piece on whether it is a better option to go after one or the other or what the strategy that you want to use is. But either way, Notre Dame likes Caleb Smith. Like That's just point blank to it, right? Like they like him, and I think they prefer him to, K- to Tayshawn Lyons right now. Like that's just – again, do I agree with it? Not necessarily. No. I mean, I, I really like Tayshawn, man. I do. I do. But Brian made a good point about when we kind of were talking about this a little bit. Signing days in December, by the way. It's just someone put it in the chat. Yeah. This, is a, this is a coherent un, uh, opinion, I think, Sean. A very understandable opinion. Brian said to me, he said, "Look, we can have an art. We can have a conversation about whether you like Tayshawn Lyons more, whether you like Caleb Smith more, and it's you know either side can be correct, right? But one thing that he said that makes a lot of sense is that Tayshawn is a more of a true outside receiver." Right. And in this class, you already have Braylon James. You already have Jaden Greathouse. You have Dylan Edwards, who's potentially that slot, but like, is he going to be a full time slot? Right. Right. And Caleb Smith kind of fits more of that dynamic slot type. So I don't know if you agree with that, John, but that's kind of what Brian Brian just threw out there. I mean, I. It's about. We kind of, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks back when we were talking about the running back room with all of those guys coming in, like how it's going mm-hmm. to look. And, you know, Chancey Stuckey, when we talked to him back in the uh, spring, said he wanted his room to kind of resemble a basketball team. But you have mm-hmm. your big guy, 
You know, then you have your stretch four, then you have your point guard, your shooting guard. He has all of these attributes that he wants to have. So he wants it to be a mix of guys. And your wing guys can kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, they can be a guard, but the same thing, they can go up, get your 50-50 balls, things like that. So safe to say in the 23 class, Jaden Greathouse is the point guard, like literally and figuratively. (laughs) That's who he is. And, um, you know, maybe he looked at, they looked at that dynamic and they felt like, you know, we have this already in the class, but they identified something else that was an attitude that they didn't have. That was different, right? Yeah. And, and it's and yeah. it's that's a conversation point too, Sean. It's like it's one better than the other. We can have the conversation, but like they're not really apples to apples, right? Like they're gonna right. play a different spot and give something right. different to the team. Like that's mm-hmm. it's a legitimate conversation, man. Like I, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I just want to put this one out there real quick, Sean. Zach Martin loves 2025 talk. He's just like getting the 2025 quarterback news, baby, my time. Zach, there was even a 2026 quarterback that was on campus. Dia Bell was on campus this past weekend. So before we know it, we're going to be moving right into 2024, and we're going to start talking about 2025 as well, which is tired already just thinking about it, Sean. I'm tired already just thinking about it. Texas schools are having a hard time holding on to their players. Just saw that, man. Jamel Johnson just decommitted from Texas as well. Four-star safety. That's, man. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. But I guess when you have your struggles, stuff happens, right? I mean, we've seen that, right? Oh man. All right. Let's see. Let's next question here. Brandon Plesner said, Ryan, I can't remember, but is Notre Dame recruiting Mike Matthews as a corner safety or a defensive athlete for the 2024 class? Brandon, my, uh, from what I'm hearing early is he, they view him as a safety in this class. He's a long kid, six, three, one ninety. He could definitely play corner too. If he wanted to, I think he could play Rover if he fills out correctly, but safety is the spot that they seem to refer, uh, prefer him at, at the moment. Sean, let's go to – there's a lot of questions in here today, man. A lot of questions, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> All right, we'll go to 99 Crowns with BK1, Sean. He said, mail question, mailbag question, who is the better head coach, Jimbo Fisher or a squirrel? Not Squirrel Roberts, just your average backyard squirrel. <laughs> Not to lead the witness, but I'm taking the squirrel. <laughs> Sean, in, in a realistic conversation, man, how much longer does Jimbo last this, man? Does he last past the season? I know he's got that big buyout and everything, man, but, like, man, it's bad right now, man. It's bad. That buyout sounds big to us, but for that's, – that's short money in Texas. Like, they have that. If they really wanted to want to get rid of them, they they got, it. Mm-hmm. they got it. They'll just space it out over like 10 years and just pay it in increments. But other than that, I think the writing might be on the wall. It might be on the wall. And um, I I can't give a reason to keep him. I can't give a reason to keep him. The the tie in 
the losing of money is the only real reason, man. Because like Sean, look, they recruiting at a high level. We know this. We've talked about the class last year, right? We talked about that a ton. Mm-hmm. You got an historic class. You're three and six, man. You're three and six. Like that is just like the point blank period to me, man. Like all that talent, and you are you are three and six, and this is what year four with Jimbo, right? Like this isn't like year two. Like it's it's not. It's getting yeah. to the point where you're just like, what is the point of keeping Jimbo? Like I I can't yeah. really. And you know the other worst thing is how did he make his reputation early on, Sean? Offensive guru, quarterback whisperer, right? Yeah. Well, how's that working out at Texas A&M? He can't figure out the quarterback position, man. Can't figure, can't figure it, out. it out. Can't figure it out. Can't develop. Can't. It's tough. Ninety-seven million. Ninety-seven million dollars. A lot of money, boy. That's wild, man. That's absolutely wild. Wild. Next question. Salty Virginia Peanuts, what's the temperature with Darius Hayes? He is a linebacker out of Florida. I wish he had been a visitor this weekend. Yeah, Salty, he was trying to get out there this weekend, just wasn't able to make it happen for some personal reasons I don't really get into on a podcast. So temperature, I think, is still warm. I think that Darius is a very, very articulate kid, very well-spoken, really – high academic kid too. So I think Notre Dame's in a, in a pretty good spot with him, but he's another kid, man. He's a 6'4", 215 pound linebacker from the state of Florida, right? Like there's going to be a lot of people after him, man. Yeah. University of Florida, I know is pretty high on his list. The Miami's of the world are going to be in this one. Alabama's like all those schools are going to be after him. Right. So, but I think it's warm. I think that Notre Dame's made a really good early impression on Darius Hayes. So I think they're in a good spot. I do you think they're in a good spot right now? Yeah, that's good to hear. Yep. Let's go to Brian with an I said, yes, Brian with an I. Why are all the smoke last week about Roch? That's, I, I know someone's going to correct me how I pronounce his first name. I don't care. Roch Cholofsky <laughs> and, and no visit. So, Sean, this was the whole conversation about Roch. Rock. How do you pronounce his name? Roach, I think, is actually someone told me that's how you pronounce his name. Whatever. So, he is the baseball player out of the state of Arizona that is committed to UCLA that was also vi- was supposed to visit Notre Dame this weekend. Also a dual sport athlete, very talented quarterback expected to go in the first round potentially in the MLB draft and the next upcoming MLB draft. So the whole backstory there, Brian, is that, so he was originally supposed to come to Notre Dame this past weekend as a baseball on a baseball visit. Okay. So it was not a football visit. Technically it was a baseball yeah. visit, but he would also obviously had, had, you know, toured and talked to the coaching staff for the football because the football staff is interested. If he does end up, you know, playing baseball and doing his thing, but also wants to play football, Notre Dame would entertain the opportunity of him playing football on the next level as well. So wasn't able to make the trip, but it has, it's no indictments on the Notre Dame football coaching staff. It's just things on the baseball side of things did not align for the visit this weekend. So it doesn't mean it's dead in the water. just means it wasn't able to happen on that side of things. So it's kind of where we are with that one. Okay. This question, Sean, from Milton fan mailbag. What is the most common mistake when it comes to scouting rating players, i.e. school size, et cetera? This is interesting, Sean. I have a lot of thoughts on this, not even from just that high school level to college, but also from a 
college to NFL perspective. So I'll let yeah. you start though, before I go on a tangent, cause this is kind of like my area. Is there something that you think that evaluators maybe miss that might fall through the cracks or make evaluation tough, I guess is the starting point. You know what? I always point to this. Uh, it is evaluation. And I think winning, particularly at the quarterback position, you know, a lot of times guys win multiple state championships and people just assume, like, yo, you're you're great. And I always point to Mount Carmel is a legendary high school program uh, led by the late uh, Frank Linty for over 30 years and has something like 12 state championships, a list of NFL players that have come through that program. And Donovan McNabb was only able to win one. And they ran a set, they ran option. They run triple option. Like it doesn't matter what your talent is, you're running triple option. And the next quarterback was Jordan Lynch, who ended up being quarterback at Northern Illinois. He's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. He was nowhere near the quarterback that Don, you know, that Don was. Mm-hmm. Most people assume that, oh, he won three state championships. Donovan only won one. Like, he, he could be a better quarterback. And it's like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Both of them only threw the ball 10 times a game. Yeah. Because of the offense. So that's kind of hard, right? If you see a guy that's actually a quarterback in that system, you have limited opportunity to see. Who he, who he can be as a quarterback, right? So to, for me, like watching film, like this is a little different now, right? Because everybody pretty much plays more wide open, throw the ball around. So it's probably a little bit easier to evaluate. But I think systems, when you're evaluating um, maybe wide receivers, like you might be in a system that is just wide receiver friendly. And sure. that's why the stats are absolutely crazy. You know, but that's why so many Baylor wide receivers in the past have kind of not panned out, right? Because it's like a limited route tree, yeah. they're getting schemed up, air raid stuff. Like, that's yeah. Yeah, 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 to your point. That's so a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. and the things they mentioned, for example, school size, all of that could matter. You just have to have an eye, man. I, I truly believe this. Mm-hmm. Guys like Ryan Roberts, he has an eye. Don't toot me too much, man. Don't toot me too much. No, no. Brian Driscoll, you know, when he watches film, he has an eye. That's why he can say, yo, I don't know what everybody's missing on Benjamin Morrison. Right. I'm telling you, this this kid is good. I'm telling you. He has an eye. And if you don't have that eye, uh, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I I don't have that eye. For football, but I do have that eye for basketball. Mm-hmm. Like I can watch a kid just his movement and just tell you, like, okay, that's a dude. Like I don't need to see the stats. I don't know, don't show me that. I'm watching it. My eye yeah. tells me that he's going to be all right. And so you know, when you're just gifted with that, there's really nothing that can quantify the eye, right? When yeah. it comes to like watching film, you can't quantify that. You know, you see things that might, you know, go invisible, might mm-hmm. be invisible to other people. So, but absolutely, it's difficult, man. That's a tough way to make a living. Like, I know 
a friend of the family. He was a long time, long time major league baseball scout. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, you know, his success rate. Like he scouted a lot of guys and maybe he was right 30% of the time. That's all you need. You know sure. I literally do. Um, I literally do consulting for some agents and stuff for, for like the NFL level. And it's mm-hmm. like, Literally, if you hit on fifty percent, man, at like as a as in that regard for major for NFL, like you are a god, man. Like you yeah. are. I mean, so my answer to this question, a couple things for high school perspective, and then from college perspective, and then like over encompassing. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here. Yeah. From the high school level to the college level, I think that what gets overlooked sometimes is that people lose sight of like, hey. A guy comes from a great program and the program prestige aspect of things, but that's why some people fall through the cracks. Like if a, if a player comes from an outlier school or a small level of football, sometimes they don't get as much attention as they deserve, right? Like that's how people fall through the crack. But also the other way is also that if a player is more developed, but maybe closer to his development than others, like an offensive lineman, for instance, like let's say an offensive lineman is 6'5", 300 pounds as a junior in high school, and he's just dominating dudes, right? Like he's just pushing them around, but he's already close to his ceiling and he's already like at the flexibility level and the athleticism level that he'll ever be at. Like, yeah, you might dominate those kids, but when you jump up, like his development is already kind of reached almost its peak. So like those things – development is hard to predict for a 17 year old, right? Like what's he going to be in two years? Some kids develop at much different rates. Some people stop growing at 16 years old. Like those things happen, right? So that's why it's tough because you're talking about kids that are potentially still growing, still developing physically, not from a mental capacity, not from a, you know, just getting stronger in the weight room. Like literally they're still growing. Like that's what makes it tough. NFL to, I mean, college to NFL is a much different ballpark because you're dealing with much more known commodities, much more finished products physically. So, what makes people miss, I believe, is there's some scheme stuff, like you mentioned, right? Like, how does that translate? Yeah. But I think that most things that make people miss are preconceived biases and opinions on certain school, on certain schools, right? So, mm-hmm. biases, everyone has it. Scouting biases are a thing that is ingrained in people, right? Like there might be a guy that just loves strong safety types that are, you know, big thumpers and, and that's just their bias, right? So you might overvalue that. You might overvalue that type of player. Maybe you're a big pocket quarterback guy. Like that's what I like. That's my style. I don't, I don't like the new, you know, uh, dual threat kids that can work out a structure and do all that type of stuff. You create biases without even knowing it, the preconceived biases, which make you miss on players that could also be successful, but maybe that's not your cup of tea, right? Like You have to be aware of your biases, of your preconceived notions. Think about Ohio State quarterbacks, right, Right, um, Sean? Ohio State has the system. All these Ohio State quarterbacks stink at the next level. Well, not every player is the same. That doesn't mean that C.J. Stroud is doomed of not being a good NFL player. It doesn't mean that Justin Fields can't be better for the Chicago Bears moving forward, just because they went through a, a, a little, you know, t- a little tangent of like Troy Smith and Dwayne Haskins and JT yeah. Barrett, who just weren't NFL guys. Like they just yeah. weren't right. Doesn't mean that they're doomed. So those pre- preconceived notions and the biases behind it 
those things I think really hurt evaluators to pro- project because they because a lot of those things people aren't even aware of, which makes it really tough to kind of predict. So that's kind of just a few thoughts. Great yeah. question though, Milton. That makes a lot of sense. Like when you talk yeah. about the biases, I don't even think about that. Like you just you have a preference. Everyone does. Everyone yeah. does, man. Like it, re- and like it makes you, it makes you get super drawn to certain players. Yeah. And but then sometimes those players, like you get so invested in it from a like just like your heart's almost in it to a degree, right? right? So then you that makes you kind of get rose colored glasses. Like this guy's better than even I actually think because that's just my type of player. But then other players who aren't your cup of tea, you're super low on, even though in the right situation, they might be a really good football player at the next level. Like that's you and everyone has biases and even the best scouts, the best evaluators, they all have it. It's just about being aware of it. If you're aware of it, then you can understand like, Hey, sometimes I value this type of player a little bit too much. Maybe I need to pull myself back, get another opinion, take another look at film, do all that type of stuff. So that's just kind of what it looks like to me. Do you think that, especially with a legendary, this could be a legendary quarterback class, like mm-hmm. it'll be a really good quarterback class in 2023. Do you think when you get ranked, you get these five stars, right? Do you think there are some guys that are just looked at and kind of pigeonholed like that? I think Arch, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, has kind of been attacked. Yes. Like that's for reasons that are like, okay, you're not even evaluating this kid. Now you're just now you're just being petty. Now you're just trying to say something. Or maybe he he's not your preference. Mm-hmm. The way you look at him. Or he doesn't play anybody. All of that. Okay, he didn't look good when he faced Keon Keeley's team. This I look, I think it's so much to it, right? Because you, Ohio State, you talk about Dwayne Haskins. Yep. He should have stayed another year. He would have been a much better quarterback in the pros if he had stayed another year. Um, it's an, That's another key point, Sean, not to cut you off, but experience matters yeah. so much. Just to yeah. put that out there. I, I did not value that enough when I first started doing this and understanding that, like, if you can't substitute experience going from the college to the NFL level because they yeah. expect guys to come in and be – finished products are ready to go. They don't have time to develop as much as you do in a college system. So just wanted to throw that out there because you just reminded oh, me of that. You're spot on, like the experience. And uh, Justin Fields, if mm-hmm. they don't self-scout and say to themselves, you know what, we got to start implementing him in the run game yep. and let him play and stop just letting him drop back behind this porous offensive line. <laughs> like, let's just let him play football. Now you can start to see some growth from the young man and who knows where that goes in his overall game, especially when they put some talent around him in the future. And maybe he is starting to break that glass for CJ Stroud to change how people look at Ohio state quarterbacks moving forward. You know, maybe he'll be the, he'll be the one and he's, he's a non-traditional quarterback in a sense. He's not your typical drop back, Patrick Mahomes type of quarter. He's just not. He's not Tom Brady. He's never going to be that. So for me, it's just amazing. I think it's important who you go to. I think it's important who you go to in college Mm -hmm. and who develops you. And it's it's important what coaching staff you go to definitely in the NFL. Yep. 
Agree completely. Coaching staffs can ruin talent. It's not yes. a question of whether someone's talented. They just ruined them. No doubt. Sean, I, I just I just texted you something because Beef Eater, aka Toe Jam, just sent me a DM that was oh, yeah. hysterically that. funny. And uh yeah, Beef Eater, I I did see it, man. This was uh very much needed. Thank you, sir. It was fantastic. Fantastic content. I wish I could share it with that uh, with the stat with everybody here, but it was uh it was very funny. Good good skills there, sir. LM20 said, Do y'all think Audric's performance versus Clemson is a sign of things to come, Sean? This was a good talking point because one, Audric had some struggles there, right? Ball security over the last couple of games. Class two games, first Irish running back this year to run for hundred yards in back to back football games. Actually, I think the first player to run for hundred yards back in Actually, yeah, anyway, back-to-back football games for Roger Gastame. Seems to have turned the corner, remedied some of that early struggles. Your thoughts on what we should expect from Estime here moving forward? Yeah, you put it out there like the bat signal, right? Do not give up on Audric Estime. And the coaching staff did. You know, he needed to learn ball security. Vitally important. You know, you could say it cost them the Stanford game. You would be fair in saying that. It cost them points against North Carolina. You would be fair in saying that. But one of the things that stood out to me when I was watching fall camp is that to be as big as he is, he has amazing, amazing feet to be that size, to be able to change direction, bounce runs to the outside when they are tailored to go up inside, whether it's off uh, off the guard or, you know, just running duo, he's able to bounce to the outside and without being, without being truly a speed guy. So it really just shows that he has really good feet. I was always impressed by his feet from the time we watched him in the spring to the time we got a chance to watch him in the fall. Now he's running a little bit better under his pads. He's not getting out over his skis, as some might say. He's running with much better balance, and you're seeing it now because he's able to bounce off tackles now when he goes inside because of that balance. He did that all night against Clemson. He would make contact three, four yards, bam, bounce off, and now it's a 10, 12-yard game. And so that balance, along with his feet, makes him a very – and he's just – they're just learning to the position. But this is important. The running backs look so much better. And people don't – Brian, you can explain this better, dude, because you watch film. Mm-hmm. You don't understand how much trust a running back has to have in his O-line. Because when you don't have trust in your old line, it totally impacts the way you run. Yep. And these running backs are running fearless now because they have total trust in what they see. Like when the play is called, they know where the hole is supposed to be and they trust that it's going to be there and then they can react off of that. So, For sure. Well, and – I think that's the biggest difference too, Sean, in what we've seen of Logan Diggs over the last couple of games, man, is I think he's trusting what he sees more. Did Logan Diggs get more athletic? No. no. Did he get stronger? No. It's the fact that he's trusting what's happening in front of him now, right? Yeah. And that's kind of where the running style looks a lot more – he looks a lot more confident in yeah. his process right now, which I think is making a big, big step for all the running backs, to be honest, yeah. so – yeah, and that goes to Harry Heastan as well as Dylan McCullough, right? Because Dylan sure. McCullough can teach. Harry Heastan is the type of coordinator, uh, not coordinator, but offensive line coach that not only talks to his linemen, but he talks mm-hmm. to the running backs. 
yep. to explain, you know, this is what we're trying to do, and this is what you see should see. And he asked, what did you see? And they work hand in hand. I've seen them do it in fall camp. So um, that is, as Logan Diggs said after the game, they proved they're the best offensive line in the country. Yep. You know, they proved it. No doubt about it, sir. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on. We only got a few more here left. We're going to roll through a few of these because we talked about this. And um, from Aaron Stack, he said, um, Caleb Smith, decision timeline, days or weeks. Aaron, I honestly don't have a complete picture of this, right? Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a month. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a week. Like, I don't 100% know. Like, we're, we're kind of getting more intel on that type of conversation. I imagine with how things have been trending, decommitting right before the visit and all that good stuff. I imagine it wouldn't be that long of a process, but we'll keep you all updated. That's why you should go to boards.irishbreakdown.com to uh, to get any updates as we roll through. Brandon Pleasers just said, yeah, give me a Neus and or Kerry Smith for 2023 running back. Nate Palmer equals option C. I, you I, I, look, look, which one of the two would you take first? That That's that's – Cause you know what you put me up on Aeneas, because mm-hmm. yeah. I was all I was all in on Corey Smith. I'm still like, all in on Corey Smith. Yeah, first time I watched this film, I was like, "Hey, this is the dude. <laughs> he he is him. Get him." But then when you put me up on Aeneas, I was like, "Oh man, like okay, yeah, get both of them. You're right, Brandon. Let's get both. If you get both oh. of them, and he might." Brandon might meant to write 2024 running back. You just put in the chat. I didn't even realize you wrote 2023, Brandon, but you're yeah. you're good there, man. You're good. You're good. Look, I, just go get those two. Forget it. Just get those two. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if they're going to take one or two in the class, Brandon. It'll be interesting. But if you can get both Aeneas and Corey Smith, you're a good yeah. shot, man. You're in good shape. You're in shape. Because they're, they're both so different, too, Sean, even though they're – similar ish size wise. Like I know that Neas is a little more filled out right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neas is much more like make you miss versatile all purpose guy. While Corey Smith is like one yeah. cut and I am hitting a house call type of speed. Right. Like that's yeah. Does he remind you of Jeremiah love Corey Smith? He reminds me of um, Ronald Jones. that used to play at USC. That's what he reminds me of who, Jalen McCullough coached at USC. Yeah, He's putting that one out there, man. He's putting that one out there. So, yeah. Yep. Agree. And, Brandon, I know Brandon just said we need to take two if those are the two. Don't disagree, Brandon. If you can make the room and it makes sense, yes, go for it. Milton fan just said, Ryan, how do we lose Ian Moore to Ohio State? We didn't. Their name didn't offer Ian Moore. Didn't offer. Pretty simple. It's like he's an in-state kid. I know they were keeping close tabs on Ian, but – there were better options on the board in Notre Dame's opinion. So they didn't offer Ian Moore. So can't lose something that you didn't push for, right? So Ohio State likes him. Notre Dame liked him, but didn't like him that to that high of a degree. So that's where we are with Ian Moore. But I think he'll be a good player for Ohio State down the line. He's, he's a good football player. Brandon Plesner, Ryan, people freaking out about Jane Greathouse. Does the bad quarterback play and lack of passing attacks starting to make – Great house, second guess the decision. Brad, I know we talked about this before. I just started this one earlier and I completely forgot. So I just wanted to throw it out there that we we believe that there's not much concern on Notre Dame side of things from sources that we were talking to that about Jaden Greathouse. So I don't think that there is much concern in that department right now. 
I want to talk about this one, Sean. This will probably be our last like big conversation today. But Donald Drew said, no Keon, Dante, and may lose Peyton Bowen. No longer historic class. Even without, and I'll kick it to you, Sean. Even without Keon Keeley and Dante Moore in this class, this is Notre Dame's highest ranking in recruiting of the 247 era. So, yes, it is a historic class from a recruiting perspective. Does it tangibly turn into the step to, towards prominence? That's where development happens, right? And that's where coaching matters for sure, right? But it already is a historic class. This is the best Notre Dame recruiting class that we have seen in some time. Like That's the facts of it. That's the facts. I don't think I would add to that is stop being so pessimistic, man. We did just have one of the best wins of the year, right? Why are we talking about losing Peyton Bowen? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Someone just said, Sean, right now you have 24 star or better players according to 247. So I think it's a pretty good class, man. Not to mention Peyton Bowen is now ranked as a five star, tremendous football player. So uh yeah, Charles Jagasaw, I think, is playing like a legitimate five star. This year, oh, so you know what, Ryan. If you want to keep, you know, silent, you can. Who, who are you losing Peyton Bowen to? Who? Give me the team. So I mean, we've been talking about this for some while, man. This, Sean, I'll give you a bet. I'll give you a better question. Like a better question. I talked to Brian about this yesterday, the day before, because all the great house chatter that I think is just BS. If I'm being right. completely honest, right? Right. Who am I? Who are you losing Jane Greathouse to? Who? He didn't like Texas when he was making his decision. Now all of a sudden he likes Texas. Peyton Bowen, right? Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen could have been in Oklahoma's class at any time. Why are you going? Why would he go now? Why would he make that decision now? If Peyton Bowen ended up in a different class right now, it's because Peyton Bowen didn't want to be here ultimately, right? Like that's that's the end all be all. It says yeah. it's just and Oklahoma's not in a very good situation right now for being honest either, right? They're not. They're not trending in the right direction. What's the other one? Texas AM? You going to Texas AM right now? And I hate to tell you this, folks. You don't think that uh Peyton Bowen was getting offered some stuff behind scenes before before he committed to Notre Dame? You don't think that happens? So he's not a kid that's that's pushed by NIL. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. That, that's that's the question I want to ask. Like, who, who, like he's not Ohio State's not on his radar. Who are we talking about? Florida, LSU, who? Who, like, who are you afraid of? Like, Keon Keeley, I get it. As soon as you heard Alabama, it's like, okay. I get it. Then you heard Ohio State come. It's like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But somehow, some way, because he's flirting with us. We're not. Keon keeps putting us. He, he keeps putting Notre Dame in the picture for whatever reason. But you understand that. Mm-hmm. Who? For Great House of Bowen? Who? Who? It's November. It's too late for somebody to come in right now and offer a kid. Like, no one's coming in and offering a kid like that right now. 
and just all of and just jumping over everybody. If it would, it would be legendary. This conversations also become very, very tired, man. It's been, Sean, literally, when I got hired in January, people started talking about this in February. Like, is Peyton Bowen going to decommit? Well, I mean, whatever, whatever. Just the only keep thing that we cannot foresee is if his mother wakes up one day and feels a certain way. Yeah. All right. It's kind of what happened with Keon Keeley, right? <sighs> yep. It's uh, yep, yep. All right, couple more left <laughs> uh, from CCC. Ryan, aka Squirrely. Okay, so we went from Squirrel Roberts to Squirrely. Yeah. Why is Notre Dame spending all their time recruiting a kid that's just six foot two inches at this level of football? Don't they really try to get guys six four and taller? CCC, Austin, Texas. Um. I don't understand. I, I, I didn't see what we were talking about when this question came in. So, CCC, if you want to put this in the chat so I can effectively answer this, I mean, what position are we talking about, right? Like, yeah, I don't want. I don't want an offensive tackle that's six two, sure. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of positions that six two is a okay. So, just put it in the chat. Just, I don't. I don't follow it. What position is six two at left tackle is not good. Yeah, sure. Offensive tackle, you don't want a guy that's 6'2". At guard, it could work. Center, it could definitely work. Yeah. Tight end, you don't want a 6'2 guy really either. But wide receiver, 6'2", definitely works. Corners, works. Safeties, works. Linebackers, works. Defensive ends could work. Defensive tackles could work. So, I mean, I'd argue that 6'2 only doesn't work at like two to three positions, right? So, I'd generally ask CC. I think he was talking about Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith, the wide receiver. Yeah, someone said he was talking about the wide receiver from Texas. He's listed at like six one or six foot. I mean, are we talking about quarterbacks? Because I mean, six two a quarterbacks works. Like, <laughs> especially with the history we've had recently, like we, we should be giving a standing ovation for sign a six two quarterback at the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, CCC, if you could just put it in the chat, because literally I want to answer this question appropriately and, and well. So, like, throw your position in there. You're talking about the six foot two, because, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah, and six two outside of offensive tackle and, def- and you know, maybe defensive end, depending on how you look at it, and tight ends. Like, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, six two is fine. Six two is fine. But, yeah, let us know what you were talking about. I would love to answer. Brandon Plesner said, Ryan, if Notre Dame was, was to take a second tight end in 2024, would you prefer it to be Brady Prescorn or the tight end who just visited for the Clemson game? The name has escaped me. It's Carter Nelson was the tight end that, that visited this past weekend. I've not had a chance to talk to Carter about his visit. He doesn't have an offer yet from Notre Dame, but I think it could happen sometime. Brandon, out of those two, Brady Prescorn is a pretty talented player in his own right. I like Carter Nelson. A lot. That would be my choice, man. Six five, long, athletic. He can run. Give me Carter Nelson. Give me Carter Nelson. That would be my guy. And with uh, to pair with Jack Larson, the season Jack Larson's having too. Like, yeah, buddy, give me. It. All right, and Sean. Last question from Abent Notre Dame. A bent Notre Dame. I don't know. Have you seen any senior film on Brandon Vernon? I feel like he never gets talked about, and he has very strange ranking by the services. 
He has a strange ranking from the services, Abbott, because he's not a super flashy player. He's more of kind of like a lunch pail player, and he doesn't talk to media at all and doesn't care about social media. Like, that's just not his thing. Brandon Vernon loves football, though, man, and you can see that on film, that he loves, loves football. I have not watched his senior film highlight. I don't even know if he has a highlight out there, but I have watched two games live on streams of Mentor this year. Brennan, I mean, Sean, that dude is every bit of 280-plus pounds now, man. He is yeah. a massive, massive kid. He, he is, is a strong side defensive end, five-tech, yeah. waiting to happen, man. Powerful, yeah. explosive, not the most loose athlete of all time, right? Like he's not going to corner outside track a ton, but like right. as a guy that's just going to beat dudes up and play physically and convert speed to power, Brennan can play, man. He can play. Can we retire this pine time thing, man? What's pine time? What does that mean? It's like a hashtag going on. Like, I never heard of that. Yeah, it's been on Twitter a lot. Can we? Oh man, I don't. I don't know. Pine time is, man. I don't know. It just needs it. Look, it's the most disrespectful thing, right? To say this quarterback. Is five and one. Oh, is that what they're doing right now? Is that what they're doing? I haven't seen this. So, so we're elevating the person over the team. That's what we're nice. doing. That's what we always elevating do. the person over the team. So Notre Dame isn't five and one. The quarterback is five and one. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. now, wait a minute. So now, once you take him out of the team concept, then it's only fair that we analyze his individual performance. Because once you take it out of the team concept, you can't say, well, he does what he, what needs to be done to win games. No, 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 no. You made it individual. So now we're going to look at it as an individual person and analyze his stats accordingly. Instead of keeping him in the team concept and saying, you know what? Notre Dame is five and one. They're five and one with him as a starter. Oh, is this an Ian Book thing? Ian Book said Pine Time? Is that where it originated? Yeah. Yeah. I think he think he did start it. Him and uh, Malik got into it. That's how it all started. Yeah. So I think I think Benjamin Morrison's like five and one as a starter, too, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. (laughs) This is funny, man. man. It's it's my first time hearing about this, man. I really, I really haven't seen the yeah. That's yeah, it's crazy now. It's just like, yeah, former players are the ones that started it. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, last question, and then we're going to get out of here, Sean. I know Brandon, where did Brandon's question go? Brandon Plesner just asked Ryan, did Braden leave? Is it for Clemson? Brandon, I've not had a chance to talk to Braden, touch base with him yet, but to my knowledge, he did. I didn't hear anything that he had canceled his visit or anything, so I'll keep you updated, but I believe so. Um, but I haven't heard any feedback on it, but yeah. But that is going to do it for the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. This is our mailbag section, of course, on the podcast. Before we go, if you could please like, hit the like button, because I think we had like over 900 people in here at one time, Sean. I think we only have like 200 likes, man. What, you don't like us? How about an interview with Drake Bowen today? If you like Drake Bowen, hit that like button for us, folks. Really appreciate it, okay? So hit that like button. 
hit that notification bell. Subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to us on your favorite five um, fi- on your favorite podcast platform, excuse me, as I can't speak, five star reviews are very much appreciated. If you want to give us a one star, just don't do it. All right, just, just beat it. Just close the app. Just keep on moving. All right. From Ryan Roberts, from Sean Davis, we appreciate you all so much for joining Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. Thank you for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.